Welcome to the Alleycast. Our energy changes depending on what's going on inside of us, you know, our processing and obviously the, the life that we're leading. We stand together, united as one. Forward on we go, facing friend and foe. We will know what it is. We have not time for that. If we make mistakes, we are lost. Welcome to a brand new year. Welcome to 2020. We are only a few days away from Avalanche Endurance Events Winter Fan Dance now. If this is the first time that you're going to be doing this, then you are going to love it. You're no doubt feeling a little bit apprehensive, but once you put the first couple of steps out there, as long as you've got the right mindset, you're going to finish that event. You really are, because it is all about mindset. You wouldn't be going there if you hadn't put the prep in, so you know you can do this. If you've done it before, you know exactly what to expect, but the winter fan dance always throws a few curveballs at you with the weather, so that makes it even more interesting. I am looking to be down there on the Sunday of the first weekend, which is the 5th of January, so if you see me about, um, come and have a chat with me. If I see you about, I'll probably come and be coming to have a chat with you, see how your prep's gone. Um, I'll be at the top of Penny Fan at some point during the day, so uh, I might be having a chat with a couple of people up there, um, and maybe even see you at the finish line as well. So yeah, so just get along there and enjoy it. Now, today's chat is with the guy called Chris Barris Brown. Now Chris Barris Brown works within business uh, and he um, works for, work, he's got his own company called Up In Your Elvis. So basically what they do is they look about bringing energy into business. Well, we had a chat about how you can bring this into your personal life. So we chatted about sleep, we chatted about relationships, we chatted about mindset and we even chatted about sort of creating your perfect career as well. So this is really relevant for, for all of us at this time of year. <laughs> came across um, Up In Your Elvis as regards the One Year No Beer podcast. I think you were talking to either Rory or Andy. Um, yeah. on, can you just, um, just just give us a bit more information about what it's about? Because uh, obviously I think its core message is about energy, isn't it? Yeah, so, um, so Up In Your Elvis um, is an organisation that basically helps companies get their energy right. Our, our belief is if you get your energy right, um, work is fun and it's easy. And if you get your energy wrong, it's quite the opposite. So we help organisations like Nike, Coke, Unilever, lots of agencies uh, get their people jumping out of bed loving what they do. Excellent. Um, Why do you think we're lacking so much energy these days? I mean, although we're getting better at recognising the fact that that our lifestyle is is a major contributor, maybe through the the Netflix films that are now out and things like that, um, what do you think is a major contributor to us not have any energy that we should? Well, there's so much um, involved in getting your energy right. So, you know, your energy is, I think, accumulation of your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual energies. And obviously, the physical stuff we're quite aware of. You know, we know that if we sleep well and we rest and we exercise and we eat well, that's going to help. So we're pretty conscious of that. Um, I think our mental activity and our mental energy is often very difficult to manage and we are generally programmed to be quite negative mm-hmm. and therefore we often see the problems in things and we, we react to stuff as if it's something that's going to come and eat us as opposed to something that's <laughs> opportunity. So our mental energy is, and I, I think 
a lot of that's fueled by the press and a, a lot of the social media that we get. You know, it tends to be stuff that largely captures our attention, which tends to be the stuff that is, I think, less energetically good for us. So that's a lot that's going on in our minds. Uh, that then creates more negative emotions because um, naturally, uh, you know, when we see that kind of stuff, we tend to feel that the world's bad and, and yep. it's a bit of a darker place than it actually is. And, and, and actually, one of the, the, the last bits is that our spiritual energy is all about connection and our connectivity to people and a life of meaning at the moment, I think, is more challenged than ever. You know, the, the, the issue, I think, on the planet is going to impact us more than anything else is loneliness. Um, and um, people aren't connecting in a meaningful way on stuff that counts like we used to. And that has a massive impact on our energy. So there's a lot going on, I'd say, Steve. Yeah, definitely. Um, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and it was um, an Australian businessman. I can't quite remember his name now, but he was saying when he first started out, the two pieces of advice he was given by his mentor was, first of all, do not watch the news. Keep away from the news. You're a 19-year-old man, and you, you, you can't affect it in any way. And secondly, he told him to take two people out to lunch every week that, that he'd never met before and, and learn from them. And I think that sort of gels into what you're saying there, that really, you know, I think we do – the news is generally negative. I've tried to watch less and less of it, and it's quite difficult at the moment, obviously, um, with what's going on, especially in our country. Um, I mean, my own—I've got my own sort of theories on on energy and, and where it comes from. Really, I find that. I mean, I, I've now got my own morning routine that I'll get up in the morning, I'll go for a run, I'll come back, I'll sit down, I'll have ten minutes on Headspace or, or just just quiet time to myself to do that, um, and I'll do that for probably two or three weeks at a time. And then I'll have a week where I won't do it because work gets on top of me. I'm traveling, it's family, it's whatever. And I'm still, I've still got energy that week and I'm still great. And then the next week, I've not done it, so I can't be bothered doing it. But I think that's when the energy starts to drift off. Then, So it's almost as if your energy sort of buffers over a period of time and then drifts off. Would you, would you say that that's right? Well, I, I, we're certainly not designed to be consistent. Yeah. But, you know, we're dynamic and therefore our energy changes depending on what's going on inside of us, you know, our processing and obviously the, the life that we're leading. And, um, and, and it, it's not about consistency. Um, so, so we're going to change, you know, d depending on the challenges that we're facing. And, and obviously morning routines, I'm a huge fan of. I, I have one myself and, um, and it, it gives you an amazing boost. Uh, it, it's interesting that there is a lag when, when you stop doing it. it. You know, it's not the first week, it's the second week, but that's the kind of nature of energy because I think if you're doing things well, you do you do build up a reserve. You know, you do have a, a, a charge to you that basically means that you know you're going to be okay for a while, but eventually it will diminish. Yeah, yeah. So, so I've, I mean, I've I've definitely found that. So I mean, as regards sort of your physical energy and your mental energy, what part does sleep play in that? Is that a major contributor to it? Do, do it. What, what I'm trying to say is, do we? Do we need a certain amount of sleep, or is it different for everybody? Would you say, or is it you know the old the old Margaret Thatcher only get sort of three or four hours a night and I'm fine, or where where are we on that one? Yeah, so sleep is massive. Um, so we worked with a, a, a sleep coach earlier this year who is uh, fantastic, um, and um, we know that to get your physical energy right, you have to sleep well. But, but it's it's really important for your mental well-being. It's really important for your emotional stability. Mm. Um, what I find fascinating about it is that um, we're not actually designed to sleep for eight and a half hours a night. So, yeah. so monophasic sleeping uh, isn't actually what we are meant to do. We're, we're actually meant to be polyphasic. So, um, so I found this really, really useful because I'm, I, I like to sleep quite early. 
uh, and get up early. And uh, my wife likes to go to bed late. Uh, you know, she's got a very different rhythm to me. And actually, for us to work well together, um, you know, it, it, it can be quite difficult sometimes. So, um, so I've got into napping, Steve, which I think is just about the best thing going. So, twenty minutes nap um, at some point during the day, uh, it just gives you a little boost again, just to keep you going. And actually, I now think about sleep in a very different way. It's not having a big long block; it's about what you can get over a week-long period. Yeah. And as I, as I travel a bit, like yourself, that's just is a lot more practical. So, sleep is very important. But we have to get over the, the old assumptions that you have to have eight and a half hours solid. That's not the case. Make it, make it fit for you in your life and just top up as you can. I think a lot of the guys who will listen to this podcast, especially if the veterans will, will sort of get that, because I don't know whether the forces have been ahead of the game, but, but years ago when I was in the forces, we would, we would move over, over land for a period of time, then we would stop. And as soon as you stopped, if you went on guard, if you didn't need to look up, you, you look out for anything, you'd be get against a tree and getting your head down for, for 10, 15 minutes. So, uh, yeah, I certainly think they were ahead of the game there. Now, um, also, what, what, how did you come to work in this area? Have you, have you always worked in the area of, of coaching businesses on, on this energy? Uh, well, no. I mean, I, um, I, mean, if I started off, you know, I, I had a, a little bit of a, a, a play in the military when I was quite young. So I went to Welbeck and Sandhurst. Okay. And that's where I learned to, to nap very effectively. <laughs> yeah. um, then I, then I, um, I think I did what everyone does, right? So... You know, I got my degree, then my first job, then the first job that I actually wanted, and then the first one I was actually good at. Um, and and I, I just knew that it wasn't for me. And I, I couldn't tell you why rationally, but it just didn't feel right. And I've, 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 I'm a big fan of listening to that inner voice, that intuition, because we've all got it. We're all, we're all designed to be able to pick up on things like that. Like that. Um, but often we don't listen. And I, I, I was running Carling Black Label at the time, so I was doing marketing, I was doing the advertising, we were sponsoring the premiership. We just won brand of the year. We were the first billion pound brand. I mean, I should have been delighted, but it just didn't feel right. So mm. I actually threw it all in and went traveling. And I, I went on a, a bit of a voyage of discovery to try and find out what it was that made me tick because I needed to find my passion and, and my motivation in life. And in doing so, I got fascinated by what makes people tick generally yeah. because you know, we, we've all got some things that make us unique and different, but we've also got some things that are incredibly similar, and it's just a part of humanity. And, um, and I've been experimenting with that ever since. So I, I came back and I, I, I helped companies innovate, big companies innovate. And interestingly, you know, it doesn't matter how much process and system you put in place, ultimately it all comes down to people and how they show up, the energy they bring, and you know how positive they can be when they see something new and different. So. You know, it, it all came from that. And I'm, I'm just fascinated by people, Steve. I mean, you know, I think the day that you're bored of people, <laughs> the day you're bored of life, because, you know, there's so much to learn and there's so much inspiration out there. And, um, and I, I'm, I'm constantly um, gobsmacked by what people can achieve when they put their mind to it, when they get their energy right, when they realise what it is they're on this planet for. I, I find it fascinating. So I think what we're saying there is purpose plays a lot, a big part in, in your energy as well, doesn't it? Yeah. So it's yeah, it's almost. I mean, if so, some people out there are sort of aware of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It's it's sort of the building blocks of that, isn't it? Really, and once once you sort of build up through those building blocks, it, it you know it, it helps you with that that energy. What I'm really interested in speaking to you about today is talk it out. Yeah. Um, 
because our, um, our our group originally this podcast was going out to a group of um, say ex-military, a group called Gone Tabbing. So what those guys do is they take part in military type events, basically carrying big packs across the Brecon Beacons um, and things like that. So a lot of what we do is basically getting in groups walking across the mountains and talking to each other. So when I saw your, um, your, your, it's a community project that you've got, isn't it? A talk it out. It really sort of um, hit a nerve with me. So how do you bring that into the community and get people involved? Yeah, well, it's, um, it, it's an ongoing process. Um, I mean, maybe I should talk a little bit about kind of how, how it works. So, yeah. um, so by the way, I, I'm a huge fan of uh, going to have the Brecon Beacons. Not with <laughs> Not with big packs anymore. I think those days are gone for them. But, um, but it's such a great thing to do. And, um, and actually going out with people and talking as you walk has massive therapeutic benefits. And I don't need to tell your listeners about that because they're doing it. Yeah. But, um, but basically talking out is, uh, is a process that takes that kind of ancient insight that we all love to do. And it brings in some modern psychology um, to help people process and understand what's going on in their life. Uh, because often, actually, we're not that clear. We've got so much busyness going on in our heads, we've got so many demands on our attention, that actually, what we need to be able to do is blow out the cobwebs a bit. And obviously, the Brecon Beacons for a proper stomp is a great way of doing it. But for a lot of people, we don't have the, the opportunity to do something in such brilliant nature for so long. Yeah. So, talking about is designed to be you know, a 20 minute exercise, where literally just grab a buddy, you go for a walk, and one of you talks flat out about any issue in your life. It could be about relationships or work or health or just life in general, as your buddy listens. And, and as we all know, when we walk and talk, we process differently, don't we? We start to access yeah. more of our subconscious. Um, we know from a study by MIT that when you are walking at your natural gait, you, um, you spike your creativity by up to 60, 60%, wow. right? because you start to access that subconscious. And, and therefore, you start talking quite normally, and I, I, I know all of your listeners will have experienced this, you're talking about something quite rational, and then half an hour later, you're somewhere completely different, you go, how, how on earth did I get that? And actually, that is the way the subconscious works. It just, you know, once it's free and liberated, it will process in quite an organic way. But the processing is super useful because what it's doing it's giving you more of a chance to what's important in your life, what's going on, what's bugging you, what's great, what you should pay more attention to. Now, if you, if you just flow and the person that you're walking with says nothing, they just witness it, they don't interrupt at all, you go into such a depth that actually the clarity that you will get by the end of it is much better than you know sitting in a pub over a pint and having a chat. You will go to something that is a lot more profound for you. And, and what we found is that, um, that people feel as if, after doing it, they feel as if a weight is lifted off their shoulders. They feel better about who they are. They feel less anxious. They feel happier. And actually, I just think it's a, it's a very useful, therapeutic way of looking after our minds. Most definitely, yeah. Um, how about, um, say you haven't got a buddy, what about just going out on your own? <laughs> Could you do yeah. that? <laughs> it's, it's interesting, sir. So... Um, so we're, obviously tech can play a really good part in that. Um, so what's important is um, that actually you do speak and um, you do speak in a way where it's actually counted. Now, talking to somebody, it makes it count because you are conscious they are listening. If you record yourself when you walk um, and then 
you know, you make a little deal with yourself to play back the recording, then again, it changes your consciousness to what you say. We, we are just working on an AI version where um, it will pick up changes in tonality and energy and it will right. just play you back those pieces. So instead okay. of having a whole 20 minutes to listen to, it'll play you back the highlight reel, which okay. is the time you got excited or the time you got angry or the things that created a reaction in you because those are the bits that are most interesting. So, so all of that stuff is, is certainly useful. And I think the way that the, the world's going, we need to be able to do this stuff on our own as well. But if you do have a buddy, I think it's a, a great way to start doing it because there is something about the relationship of somebody else witnessing your journey and your rant that just makes it just, you know, it just a little bit more human. Yeah, yeah, great. So um, how, how can we just in our normal everyday lives increase our energy? Would there be sort of three top tips that we could, we could use to, to do that? Yeah, so, well, look, I mean, I think you're already on it, Steve. I think morning routines are brilliant. And, and the reason being is it's the one time of day that you own. Yeah. You wake up, you've got a full battery of energy at that point. How you then use it when you wake up will dictate how your day goes. Um, and and my, so my, my, my first thing would be when you wake up, don't look at a phone. Don't look at anything digital. Get yourself a pint of water down with some sea salt in it so you rehydrate really fast. Get your heart rate up and then i i think sit there and just think about who you are where you are what your day holds for you and set up a clear intention mm. and if you if you do that well in the beginning of the day um then at least when you get busy and things happen you're going in the right direction so i'm with you get a morning routine i think it's number one i think i think number two um i think it's really important to do work that has meaning and I think for a lot of us, you know, there's no such thing as a perfect job. So finding the meaning in what you do and crafting your job to fit the meaning, I think is really important because then, you know, you, nothing will stop you because that brings so much passion to bear. You know, you, you'll, you'll always have great days. So that, that is something I would definitely work on. And then the third one, I think it's incumbent on all of us is if we get our energy right, it's to, it's to spread it around. And uh, there's a lot of people who are less fortunate th than ourselves. There's a lot of people who feel less confident. They have lower self-esteem. They are struggling. And I think the third thing that um, I think really helps our energy is to share a bit of the love. And I, and I think quite simply by just by grabbing somebody, just one person per day and telling them what you love about them and, and why they're making a contribution to what's going on the planet so that they understand they are significant and they are fantastic. I think it's got to be good for everyone's energy. So those would be the three things I'd always put into my day. Excellent. We've mentioned, obviously, a lot about sort of the digital world um, and how AI can help us if, with your new uh, project and things. Do you feel that the digital world is, is making us more, more insular and, and more, more lonely, really, when we thought it would give us more connection? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot um, there's a lot's been said about this recently. We, we, we don't want to turn back time. I mean, the tech is fantastic. And it would be silly for us to do that. However, it's, it's not that the text the issue, it's that we're designed in such a way that we don't know how to interact with it, you know, yeah. in a healthy way. And obviously it bugs us, it distracts us, it makes us become more shallow in our processing and, and we're incredibly distracted. So I think you need a lot more discipline with, with the yeah. tech. You know, so it's really important to 
only look at your email a couple of times a day. It's important to turn off notifications. It's important not to have it in your bedroom at night. You know, there's lots of things I think that you can do to manage tech so it doesn't bother you. Because if you let it into your life, it's, it's you know, it's like a child pulling your trouser leg all day long. It's very hard to stay focused. And, and, and if you compare yourself to others constantly on social media, it will impact your self-esteem. We know that. So, you know, you've got to be careful with it. Yeah. And I think it was interesting what you said about um, making making your job something that, that gives you purpose as well. Because I think, you know, I think we're all told when we're young, you know, find the job that you love. But I, th- I don't think the job that you love is generally out there. You've got to get a job that's along the similar sort of lines and then make it the job you love almost. And I, I've um, only realised that probably in the last sort of 10 years or so, really, when I've gone into jobs, I've been told a particular way of doing things. And I think if you've got a good employer, once you start to challenge the process and challenge the way they do things, as soon as they see the results, they'll, they'll generally go along with that, would you say? I, I totally agree. I, I know people who own breweries and are fashion photographers and, you know, all, all the jobs that, you know, my dreams would be, oh, I can't imagine a better job. There are bits of their job they hate. Every yeah. one of them. There's no such thing as a perfect job. So, uh, you know, what we need to do is craft our jobs to fit us. And as you, as you, as you rightly say, you know, when you do that well, you will perform so much better and the company will thank you for it. They really will. You have to take responsibility for it. Nobody can do that for you. It comes down to you because only you know what your passions are. Only you can actually take control of that. So, yeah, I think that's a, something we have to do on a, pretty much on a daily basis because we're always changing the direction of what we do and the impact we create. So working in business, what would you say would be a good step for somebody who's in that job that they thought would could be, was going to be the best job in the world? They're not particularly enjoying it at the moment. What would you say would be their first step to start to make that job, give them the passion and energy back for what they're doing? Well, well number, number one, I'd be doing a little bit of an energy map first. So I would track my energy um, over a week um, and just notice, you know, on a score between one and ten, when does it peak and when doesn't it? And part of that will be to do with virus. Because we have different times of the day we work better. Part of it will be to, dependent upon what we do and who we're yep. doing it with. And what you need to do is get some insight as to what it is that gives you some excitement and energy and motivation. Once you've got clear on that, then I think it's really important to map out your job and say, well, this is what's giving me energy and this is what isn't. This is what's taking it away. How can I minimize that one and maximize this? Now, some people will have the autonomy to be able to do that themselves and they'll just yep. crack on with it. And, and do it very easily and some will be delegated some will be given to somebody else and then you'll take their bit that you get energy from and you do a bit of swap seat sometimes you need to go and have a chat with the boss and, and sit down and go look help me this is where i'm at i want to do more of this because this is great uh, this bit i'm not so good at and it, yep. and it just doesn't feel we love um and what we, we know is that if we do stuff that we're good at and it gives us energy we will do amazing work don't worry about fixing your weaknesses. We know that that doesn't make you perform better. So if it doesn't give you energy and it's stuff you're not good at, just leave it, you know, give it to somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How does that uh, filter over into your personal life, though? Because I think, you know, when I, I've, I've got people that have said, look, you, you can see that they're in that rut and you want to get them out and you want to get them doing things. And you know what the answer is always going to be. They haven't got the time. Um, but they've always got the time to watch I'm a Celebrity or, or Coronation Street, things like that. Um, you know, and I think, I think some of us as well feel we've got an obligation to do things that maybe are, to do the jobs that our partner wants us to do. But, you know, 
what we don't do really is sort of concentrate on our own happiness and how that can filter into other people. Because like you say, it, it's all about sort of giving that energy to other people as well as keeping it for yourself, isn't it? So the things you've said there as regards work, do you feel that those could work in your personal life as well? Of sort of sitting down with your partner and almost going, look, I like this, but I don't like doing that. Yeah, oh, for sure. I mean, you know, it's amazing, isn't it? When, <laughs> with our jobs, you know, we review them regularly. You know, we get feedback regularly. We get bonus. <laughs> yeah, we get married and we never talk about who does what. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? that's it. And, and, and what happens is over years... You suddenly, you suddenly realize that bit by bit, day by day, subconsciously, you are taking on a specific role on identity without even challenging it. Yep. And, um, and often we end up doing things that we don't want to do. I mean, here's a classic, right? Okay. In, 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 in nearly every marriage that I have ever come across, uh, you know, when you've got kids, one will be a good cop and one will be a bad cop. Yep. Now, nobody ever sat down and said, who's going to be a good cop? <laughs> it's, it's never happened, right? No. It's, it's just, it just builds over time. And I'll tell you what, if you talk to all those bad cops, not one of them wants to be a bad cop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't want to do it. They don't want to do it. They feel as if they have to because otherwise there'll be no discipline. And actually having a conversation, sit down and go, right, what roles should you play? What's most useful? What's going to make my heart sore rather than actually bring my energy down? I think it's a really healthy thing to do. And obviously there's some trade-off. Because somebody does have to put out the bins. That's just the reality, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so, so there's going to be some trade-off, but at least if you talk about it and you can be honest and open and supportive, then you've got more of a chance to have a great time. Yeah, totally agree with that. I mean, why my well, the first few years that we were married, why my wife stayed with me, I have absolutely no idea because I was a uh, in my late twenties, I was I was a complete idiot, <laughs> you know. Um, and I think you know. When you obviously, I think maturity has got a lot to do with it, hasn't it? We talk a lot more about things now, and you know, we've we've got that. In fact, it's it's almost like a dance now. We don't have to discuss what we're going to do. We know that if I'm in from work early, tea's cooked. If she's in from work early, tea. Well, maybe not. She's she maybe watching the Real Housewives or something, and I'll cook tea anyway. But I know that I know that's what I need to do. But yeah, I think I think maturity has a lot to do with that, doesn't it? Because you see, you know, I mean, it's the whole midlife crisis thing, isn't it, with fellas? That I think they get to that point where they just, is this it? You know, um, and yeah, I think, and I think you're totally right. The talking and, and you know, having a even having a yearly review <laughs> is a, is pro- probably a good thing to do. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, the, the thing is, part of our design is that we are we're built to spend most of our time on autopilot. Yeah. So it's a way of saving energy. So what what our brain does is it looks for familiarity, and if today looks slightly similar to yesterday, we'll behave in exactly the same way so that we don't have to use loads of energy, right? So this is why we get caught in these habitual patterns. So the only way to really make sure that you're doing what's right is to break out of autopilot, to become conscious and do things more deliberately. And you can't do that for all of your life, but every now and again, sitting down with your partner and saying, right, how's our relationship going? Can only be good for you. Going for a walk up the Brackens with some mates and talking about what really counts a moment that you break out of that autopilot and you actually think about what really, really matters. And I think that's what gives you a good life, right? Yeah, definitely. There's um, there's there's a growing community of veterans podcasts now. I've been listening to a couple of them. We all we're all sort of we're all organic and all talking to each other. And what I've noticed is we've got. Um, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and it was a guy from the Paris. So you you don't get much harder than the Paris. And he was sat there and he was talking to another para about meditation and talking to each other and what we need to do. Uh, 
do you think it re- do, do you think we're just becoming more aware because of the internet and because of Netflix and things like that of what we need to do to look after ourselves? Because I don't remember my my father was probably about my age, a little bit younger than me when he had me, and I don't remember him having these you know the, these ideas really that you needed to relax and you needed to exercise it was just you needed to crack on and just just do life really yeah i think i think um there's there's definitely an emergent theme of people becoming more aware of there being more to life than just earning the money buying the house slogging hard oh i've got a nice car i've won i think people don't want that anymore they realize there's more to life than that i think yes there's a lot more information available so therefore, people are more, you know, exploratory, I guess, in their nature, and they're trying things on. There's a lot more evidence behind it, so there's more science. So actually, I think it's fine for a parent now to go, do you know what? Meditation is great. And here's yeah, all the yeah. reasons why. We know that it helps. So, yep. you know, I think that equally, a lot of this stuff we've known forever, and we've been yeah. doing it. And if you actually, if you look at, um, you know, a lot of the military training, is actually based on psychology, deep psychology. I mean, you know, all that, all that um, uh, square bashing, all that drilling, that's, it's hypnosis. It's, yep. it's a way of getting your brain to take an instruction without you having get your conscious brain involved. You know, so all of this stuff has been at play at some level, but maybe we haven't been seeing it as holistically as we could. And maybe we haven't seen as much benefit for us personally. But obviously, you know, a lot of the stressful situations that, you know, our military friends have got into, we know that actually managing those stressful situations with our breath, with our attention, with our physicality is going to give us more chance for success. And there's nothing more stressful than being in the army in certain situations, right? And they're on the the cutting edge of understanding how you deal with that by calming the mind. By getting the right focus, by you know using the breath. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a very exciting time right now. I'm glad that it's becoming a lot more um, common for people to adopt what used to be seen as esoteric practices, and then I just see ways of life. I mean, yippee! If it helps me, let's do it. Yeah, totally. Look, um, it's been great speaking to you. Do you have anything you want to add, or anything you want to promote while you're while you're here? Well, no, I mean, the big thing for me is talking out. I mean, I, I personally think it's, you know, we look after our bodies by going to the gym and eating well. Um, if we can look after our minds by doing talking out, you know, every couple of weeks with some buddies in the Breckens, it's got to be good. If, if anyone needs to know a bit more about it, check out talkitout.org. And all the detail is on there. It's all free. I just want more people to do it because I know it'll make this world spin better. Excellent. Chris, it's been great speaking to you, mate. Um, I'll um, I'll be in touch in the next couple of weeks and let you know when this is going to go live. And um, if you need anything from me, then uh, uh, just just get in touch and that'd be great. All right. Yes. Thanks so much. Steve. Thank, you. Have a great Cheers, day. Thank you. Bye bye. Cheers for that, mate. Spot on. So I hope you enjoyed that chat with uh, with me and Chris. Um, really interesting guy there. Um, you can find all the details on the show notes 
for this uh, podcast. So uh, details for upping your Elvis and also details for Talk It Out, which you know looks like a really good project. And uh, I think we're a little bit ahead of the game there because we're we're already out on the hills and having a chat, aren't we? So um, loads of great guests coming up throughout 2020. I'm not going to spoil the surprise about who's coming next, um, but yeah. Tune into the Alleycast. Don't forget, you can go over to the uh, our webpage at alleycast.org. Um, and we've got a shop there, so you can go over and you can purchase Alleycast t-shirts, any sort of Alleycast apparel on there. And all that helps to support the podcast uh, and any profits will go to the Pilgrim Bandits charity as well. You can also uh, support us over on Patreon. So if you go over to Patreon and search for the Alleycast, then you can subscribe there. Uh, and that will also help support the podcast. Uh, and please, if you're listening to this, to this through um, Apple Podcasts, go over there. Give us a review. The more reviews we get, um, the more visible it makes us on Apple and the more visible it makes us people within the tabbing and running community to come along and tune in to the Alleycast. Have a great fan dance. I may see you there. And remember, always a little further. We stand together, united as one. Forward on we go, facing friend and foe. We will know what it is. We have not time for that. If we make mistakes, we are lost. <laughs>